Now, before we start, you might want to check out our other podcasts covering topics like personal development and minimalism, money, health, relationships, and more. So to optimize your life in other areas, just search for Optimal Living Daily in your podcast app. Now on to the show. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1863, Why Relationships Scare Us, by Dr. Lisa Firestone of psychalive.org. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ORD. I'm your host and narrator, Greg Audino, here with you every single day to read from different articles that focus on relationships and teach you how to make the most of yours. And this one today addresses a shadowy part of relationships that many struggle with, and that is how to overcome the fear of love and the fear of affection or commitment, etc. This is no easy task for some people, so let's learn a bit more about where these feelings come from as we dive into this post from Psycholive and optimize your life. Why Relationships Scare Us by Dr. Lisa Firestone of psychalive.org. Quote, Love takes off masks that we fear we cannot live without and know that we cannot live within. That's by James Arthur Baldwin. The pursuit of love is a great motivator of mankind. Love is universal in that it's something most of us strive for. It's part of what gives our lives meaning. Yet we all grow up with different ideas about how relationships work, different attitudes and beliefs about the possibilities of love. No matter where one falls on the spectrum, from self-proclaimed island to hopeless romantic, we all possess a certain level of fear surrounding the subject of love. Many people are ambivalent toward relationships. As my father, psychologist and author Robert Firestone wrote, quote, most people have a fear of intimacy and at the same time are terrified of being alone. End quote. This fear causes some people to resist closeness. A lot of people want someone up until the moment that someone wants them back, or they only start wanting a person when that person stops wanting them. For other people, fear makes them cling to their relationships. They worry incessantly about losing someone, about how their partner feels toward them, and they are hypervigilant for signs that they're being rejected. Most people can relate to being on one side or the other of these feelings, desperately worrying about being either in or out of a relationship. Our particular struggles with intimacy often result from where we fall between these two states. Because of these often subconscious fears, that sweet spot of feeling our love for someone and their love for us can be very challenging to find, and even more difficult to maintain over time. Whether we're scared that our partner will leave and abandon us, or that they will cling and limit us in our independence, these worries about intimacy can cause us to behave in ways that can lead to destructive outcomes for our relationships. To understand our fears around relationships, it's valuable to explore our early attachment patterns and how they've come to shape us. How willing we are to get close to another person has a lot to do with our past relationships. Our earliest interactions with our parents or primary caretakers become a model for what we expect, or often without awareness, seek in our future relationships. This is because we learn how relationships work from our experiences and develop expectations for how people will behave. For example, if we didn't have our emotional needs met as children, we may be afraid to trust again. We may have fears about depending on someone and having someone depend on us. If, as a child, a person felt emotionally neglected by his or her parents, that person may have developed an avoidant attachment pattern in which he or she found that the best strategy for getting his or her needs met was to act like he or she didn't have any. As kids, 
people with an avoidant attachment pattern may have become more disconnected from themselves and their needs because it was too painful to experience them and the resulting frustration. As adults, these people are often dismissive. They don't experience their wants and often think that others are too needy. Their adaptation is to feel pseudo-independent, like they can take care of themselves and that they don't need anything from others. They tend to avoid real closeness and connection. In a sense, they live separate but together with their partners. They're often indifferent to both their partner's wants and their own, and they tend to come off as self-contained. Yet, their anxiety is aroused when people leave them. Another group of people grow up with an anxious attachment pattern. As children, their needs were sometimes met, but other times their parents were either misattuned or intrusive. Their parents may have exhibited emotional hunger instead of love, which leaves a child feeling drained rather than nurtured. In these instances, a parent's affection is driven by a desire to seek comfort from their child, rather than offer to comfort them. This inconsistent treatment can leave children feeling anxious. They grow up to be preoccupied with getting their needs met by their relationship partners and feel they have to make things happen and get people to love them. They often seek more reassurance and feel insecure, and even possessive toward their partner. Even though the attachment patterns we developed early on create a mold for the attachments we form throughout our lives, this mold is not set in stone. Becoming aware of them offers clarity about our fears of love and closeness, and allows us to approach relationships in a new way. Whatever our fears and ideas about love may be, it's important to recognize that we come by them honestly. When we start to understand why we feel the way we do, and recognize what scares us about relationships, we can start to discern our own point of view about love and decide how we will pursue it in our lives. You just listened to the post titled, Why Relationships Scare Us, by Dr. Lisa Firestone of psychalive.org. And thanks so much to Dr. Lisa for this brief but informative lesson about attachment theory. And if you are unfamiliar with it, I'll tell you a bit more. In addition to anxious and avoidant attachment, as we learned about today, the sweet spot and the third bucket is what's known as secure attachment. And to better understand that, you might even look to the stronger elements of avoidant and anxious attachment and combine the two. So, for example, people who tend to be more avoidant types do tend to have more independence. And this can be a very helpful thing in a relationship, because it enables you to have your own life outside your partner, and you aren't so reliant on them to fulfill all of your needs. And ideally, we want to couple this type of independence with that care and nurturing anxious types tend to display. So, we start to find this middle ground in seeking to be our own person who doesn't have an unhealthy sense of reliance on our partners, but is not so disconnected that we are unable to be vulnerable with them, allow them to be vulnerable with us, and ultimately show a lot of care and enthusiasm when it comes to being close with them physically and emotionally. So, if you do feel you lean more toward avoidance or anxiousness, that's okay. But remember that it can vary from situation to situation. It can vary between phases of life. And even if you're in the midst of either of these more often than you'd like to be, you can still extract and celebrate parts of whatever category you fall into and use them to better your relationship. So, an avoidant type need not vilify their independence, but rather learn how to better manage it. And the same goes for an anxious type who's always clung to their partner. We don't have to be so extreme as to eradicate these feelings, but we can come down from them and use them in a more cooperative way. 
and uncover the gifts that come with them. And should we be on opposite ends of the spectrum as our partners? Well, that means there's a lot we can teach one another as well. So think on that, everybody. We are done for now, and that is another episode of ORD in the Books. As always, I thank you for being here and helping us to make another episode possible. You have done right by your relationships today by tuning in, and I hope you will do the same tomorrow in both our regular episode and our weekly bonus episode. That's where your optimal life awaits.